Hello and welcome to God is Dad podcast. My name is Justin. I'll be your host today and in a minute I'll be joined by my good friends Dan and Jake. Unlike last week when we had our three wives on, it was a lot of fun, really enjoyed the conversation and I think we're going to keep having them on the show more and more because we just really value the voice of moms and we would really like for this podcast to be something that moms and dads could both enjoy and then hopefully spark meaningful conversations between spouses about how to parent more like God. So you can look forward to hearing them more often on this show. But today, Dan, Jake, and I are going to be talking about spanking. Now, I know this is a topic that people can feel very strongly about either way. Uh, so I just want to reiterate that we are not here to teach you how to raise your children. We are mostly here to talk to each other about how we think God parents and then try to get a little bit closer to parenting like him. So uh, I think this is a pretty interesting conversation because the three of us end up all over the spectrum in terms of whether spanking is a good idea or not. And so there's something here for everybody. Uh, the hope would be that it kind of challenges some of the assumptions you've made, hopefully gets you to think a little bit more about God and his parenting, how he parents you and what the right way to do it is with your own family. I was personally challenged and inspired to think more deeply about spanking than I ever have before. And I guess I hope the same for you. Let's go ahead and get started. Spanking. Spanking is the topic. Spanking is the topic. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously like a, a big question for parents. I think there's some pretty hard battle lines drawn, I would say, in different different so-called subsets of the Christian subculture that feel very strongly one way or the other. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of just, I think the first way to start would be, is just talking about like, do you spank personally in your family? And I'm also curious, not only yes or no, but, but also just kind of like your thought process about it slash like how do you feel about it when you spank? Like how does spanking feel to you? And then after talking about that, then we can kind of transi- transition into more of a more theological, like how does God parent us? What's it say in the Bible? Does of, God you know, spank it, us? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a real question. That's yeah. a real question that, you know, needs to be answered kind of. And and not only does he spank us, but when and why and what's he trying to accomplish and that kind of stuff. Do you do you spank your kids, Justin? Yeah, we have. We don't even, I mean, both of our kids are sort of, I guess, aged out of it, I think, where it's not really helpful or necessary anymore. We've spanked them very little, I think very infrequently. Probably Cameron less than James because we just didn't like it with James. It didn't really work that well. And we just, we didn't, I, I don't like doing it, man. I just don't like doing it. Do not like spanking. <laughs> I think mostly because in those discipline situations, I am regularly on the border of anger and frustration. Yeah. And to permit myself an outlet for that, that is like violent and physical in nature. I just don't like, I don't like that. I don't like doing it, you know. <laughs> Obviously, you know, the the advice I think most people would have is don't spank out of anger, right? That would be kind of like pretty 101 of spanking. Um, but for me, like when in those situations when it's like tense or intense and whatever your kid is doing is something you don't want them to do, it's annoying, it's frustrating. I just didn't like, I didn't like how it put me in a situation where even if I had like the right choice to discipline my kid was to spank them, I had to make sure I was in kind of the right place. So... I didn't like doing it with James, and so we did it very little with Cameron. But we, we've done pinching with them both more frequently. I guess I don't know when exactly we started, but probably in the two to three range, two to three and a half or so range yeah. is when we pinched yeah. or spanked the most. So, yeah, we, we did spanking. But our, our goal is always to, to stop spanking as soon as possible, <laughs> I sure. think, just because we don't like it. And we would rather transition to a more mature, conversational, understanding type of discipline 
rather than a purely physical one as soon as we could. So that yeah, that was kind of that's kind of the bold points of like our attitude about it. Yeah, I don't know if we'll have to do it for Adeline when she she just turned one, so maybe in a year because maybe we'll be better parents by then and she's we'll have perfect. we'll have more strategies because she's perfect. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, my dad always says he spanked my sister one time and then he was like, I'm done. I'm not I'm never doing that again. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Yeah, my dad said he spanked my sister one time and then he came out of the room and he was like to my mom, he was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> wow. Just just to my sister because he felt he felt differently about her as a as a girl, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, my dad spanked my sister all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, she she was pretty bad. Do you have memories of being spanked? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually a better question to start with just because the natural inkling as a parent is to parent the way you were parented yeah and so i guess that makes sense that probably each of our experiences with that inform a lot of the decisions we make as parents like it, it's funny hearing you guys or hearing other people talk about not wanting to spank after a certain age because mm-hmm. i feel like i was spanked until like eight or nine yeah i we we were pretty old but i know, I, I think that's also a, a generational thing too where yeah, could be. where that was just so common but it, right. it is intriguing that spanking does seem like a very immediate response to to a action <laughs> that you have to correct or that you want yeah. to correct. And so to take the time to pause and get your emotions under control before you actually discipline, it seems right. like after you give yourself that space, there would be another way to discipline that would be more effective. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah very possible. <laughs> when when I think about it, I'm not. I could be sold uh, by someone convincing me that spanking is actually not super effective if you right. want to do it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely for us, spanking is always the last resort. We always tried a number of different things, a number of different strategies, and then if still the will was the will was there for them, and they were still kind of belligerent and disobedient and not wanting to cooperate or not wanting to calm down, not wanting to do anything that we wanted them to do, then it was it was always kind of a last resort. But then the problem with that that strategy is is that you get you're tempted to get more frustrated <laughs> than yeah. when they first just did something, right? Because if they do something and then you're trying to discipline them in other ways and they're resisting and resisting and resisting and you're you're taking more and more time, then it just, it leaves more time for you to build up that kind of anger and frustration uh-huh. that you don't you don't really yeah. want to express in a physical way. <laughs> Right. So that's that's the other problem with that. I have the memory of the only memory I have is so I think my parents must have stopped pretty early, or early compared to Jake. The, the memory I have was being like proud and kind of bragging to my siblings, or I don't know about uh, yeah maybe just kind of like keep like realizing that I had gone several months or it had been a long time since I had been spanked. <laughs> I mean, like, ooh, I must. This is a good, like, this is great. I've gone so however however long since being spanked, you know, and like this discussing with my parents, or not my parents, sorry, my siblings. Like, how how long ago? When was the last time you were spanked? When was the last time you were spanked? <laughs> Whatever, and then being proud at how long mine had been. Probably around five is, or, or maybe a little before five is when they spanked me last. What about you, Dan? I have a couple memories, but like, I've got to reach back. Like, I, I think I can only clearly remember one because <laughs> I don't know, it was some, like, family event. We were at this restaurant, and it was a holiday, and the meal literally took, like, an hour and a half to two hours to come out because it was a holiday. <laughs> it was packed. And 
the oh main chef had cut his finger off. So he had to what? leave because he cut his finger <laughs> off while doing the work. You can't, well, you can't just, soldier through that one? Yeah, put some ice on it, man. I can't believe you remember all these details. Yeah, this is remarkable. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it turned into kind of like a story, I think, a little bit. So I don't really remember. I remember sitting there and kind of being like a little unruly. And then I don't know what happened. I probably crossed some line. But I was old enough so that like it, we went out to the parking lot. And I was old enough to know that I didn't want to have my pants pulled down in front of people. But my, <laughs> I think my dad had me pull down my pants. And I got I got a spanking. And I just remember being petrified that, like, that was my experience. That and maybe, like, one other experience that I can remember. But I'm sure that I got it. I don't remember getting spanked a ton. But I remember that it occurred some, yep. you know, I don't think it happened with a ton of frequency. Somewhere. I feel like I'm definitely hearing both of you. Uh, I haven't heard Jake talk much yet about it. But I feel like I'm probably the most pro spanker out of the three of us yeah i i think for me it's the opposite my parents spanked a lot but i'm realizing that it didn't work yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you know like when you have to spank a lot doesn't that doesn't that reflect (laughs) it's probably not working as a form of (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that's what the light bulb is for me as a parent (laughs) looking back at my own childhood is that my parents spanked a lot, but it didn't really do. It didn't really prohibit me from doing the actions that they didn't want me to do. Anyways, uh, I think I was pretty okay with the with the punishment. Especially when you get older, right? I mean, especially like if they're still saying it's spanking you to your, when you're eight and nine, then then you start to get to the age where you are doing that cal- that that addition or that calculus or whatever, where yeah, you're thinking, yeah. is yeah. this worth that? And then you know seeing which side of the equation equals out as more important. And if you choose the spanking, then yeah, at that point, it's that makes sense. And you're always, I, I feel, especially at that age, you're always, or maybe any age, but you're, you're always trying to gauge how far your parents are actually going to go with a form of discipline. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I think I shared this before, but I remember my dad would be using his hand and at the point when, I don't know how old I was, but I remember just telling him, oh, that, that didn't hurt. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, all right, took off his belt. And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as I'm being spanked as an eight or nine-year-old, it's not being spanked with, with a hand. I, I was get, getting the belt. So. <laughs> belt. Right, yeah. Right. So that's a little more. Uh, Next yeah. level. Yeah, right. That's a. Uh, that's not quite Adrian Peterson levels, but <laughs> I got that one. I got that reference. I like it. Wow. Well done. So, what? Why do you say you're the most pro spanking? Because oh, uh, we just you... used it a lot between like two late twos and middle fours. We used it a ton. We definitely did have like that same sort of like if we ever angry, we didn't spank. That was like the the golden rule of spanking. So like, we would just walk away from the situation and ask the other person to take over. And if we were alone, then we would we just send them to their room. So like, if we were frustrated, angry, yeah, we didn't do that, but we didn't spank. But we did. Like, it wasn't our last resort by any means. And it was it was just like Eli. Like, what's the consequence of hitting your sister? 
and he would be able to answer like, oh, I get a spank. And so it was just like a pretty immediate response that we that we felt was consistent with them. Like they always knew that like they could answer and, and answer questions about like what they thought the consequence would be. And they knew like there was a, a pretty good consistency for them that they knew like what they were going to get if they misbehaved, mm-hmm. which I think was like really valuable for Eli and not super valuable for Ella. Cause Ella was pretty much a mm-hmm. rule follower. Like she would, we spanked her 90% less <laughs> than we spanked. Mm-hmm. Eli. And like, it's interesting to see the the trends now that they're a little bit older because with Eli, we, the frequency of consequences has not diminished at all. Like he still gets consequences and he's still able to vocalize and reason and talk about the consequence that we're going to give him. But like the frequency of spanking versus the frequency of getting his video games taken away or his, (laughs) or whatever, it is pretty consistent. Uh, He just, he just tries to push the line, I think a whole lot more than his sister. And so like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Ella, I mean, she probably got spanked like five times last year or something like that. And Eli probably got like at least once a week, maybe twice a week, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Because he would just do stuff and he would like not care. You know, like he would he would consistently do stuff even though he knew it was wrong. You know, he'd be like, why are you getting spanked right now? Or he'd be like, uh, because I dumped water on the kitchen floor or like he, he would know like that is not an acceptable, whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, I don't have a great example, but he would be able to be like, yep, uh, I did this wrong. <laughs> I know like everybody in parenting says consistency is key. Consistency mm-hmm. is major or whatever. We are bad at that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. I would say we're bad at it probably compared to a lot of people that really take it seriously. Like we that try to be, be important. whatever strategy you do. Yeah. It's got to be consistent because when I see like people who kind of take your approach, I think pulling the spank is like super hard to know when to do it. And so then you're like talking to your kid. I don't know. Like I've just seen it be really tough to be consistent with what you say. I mean, yeah, that was the one thought as you were talking about it is I, I was just thinking his kids understand way better than mine do what's going to happen to them if they make a choice. My kids don't have any way to know (laughs) because you know, it all just, it, there's just shades and gray yeah. areas and, oh, why'd you do it? And was it really bad intent or was it just a little bit bad? Like, did you fully yeah. know, you know, all the, you know, all that. And because it's so relational and conversational, my kids, yeah, it, it leaves them in a little bit of an unsteady situation where they just don't know what's going to happen to them if they make a certain choice, I think, and it kind of surprises yeah. them or whatever. So in terms of that predictability and just having your kids keep it really straight, I think the spanking thing is... It really helps with that. I mean, it's just simple. It's like it's consistent, and I think that I do think that is important. And we've always not been good at it, <laughs> and that that's had consequences for us too. At first, when mm. when you were describing your situation, I I thought that you were going to say that eventually, because you spanked a lot, they eventually learned and became more disciplined. But but when you <laughs> but when you talked about that the frequency is still the same, uh, of, of just the act of disciplining, regardless if you're spanking or timeout or whatever, yeah. that they're yeah. just both the same. I was like, all right. 
Because, yeah, I, I was like, oh, well, maybe if spanking actually worked and they became more disciplined, then maybe I would implement it more, uh, you know, yeah. in, in the right way. But it sounds like it wasn't a, uh, a long-lasting effect. I mean, I just think, and we might be, like, I think probably in terms of parents and uh and I's expectations for our kids are fairly high in the way that we want them just to operate around the house. Yeah. Like my whole, one of my philosophies is that like, I want them to operate. uh, I want there to be a bar of just common understanding at the house of how to act. And then in that you can do whatever you want. Oh, you've got like, you know, Eli knows he gets a half hour video games anytime after school. And so, then you know he asks and we give it to him and then after that we don't want to hear like anything else but the expectation is is that he can do anything else after that mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. so like i think we just have a lot of ways that we just want our house to run mm-hmm. uh and we we used and we still do use discipline to make those things happen because i think once that's implemented then they will be able to like carry that over until it just a lot of different areas of their life that they, you know, like if they get their homework done, then they can do whatever they want after. Or if they get their, you know, if they take care of their dishes, then they're free to leave the table or whatever it is. Whenever that clicks for them, it's going to be really nice. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. like, I think the culture of the house will be really nice. So then can you, can you take me through? I'm just curious, like when you, When you do spank Eli, what does that actual situation look like? Do you talk with him about it beforehand? Does he? What's your dialogue? What's the what's the interaction with with him like? Is it always stuff that he knows is wrong? So he does something, he does something wrong, and then what do you do after that? Yeah, he does something wrong. I feel like I have so many examples, but I can't like bring them to my brain. <laughs> right. uh, he does something wrong, and then we send him to his room to think about it. We ask him, "Why are you getting a spank?" And he'll be like, because I did X, Y, or Z. And if he can't name, usually if he can't name what he did wrong, we will have him sit there and think about it again for like another five minutes. Then we come back, ask him the question again. And and like once he can vocalize like why he's getting a consequence, that's usually when we will give him a spank. Mm. Then afterwards... We talk about it. We say we love you and ask him if he wants a hug. And typically he does after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But that's that's pretty much like the, yeah, I think that's, that's the formula usually. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's been really good because they don't, now they don't always implement the expectations that we have of them, but they do know of the expectations now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so so if they know them so here's my question because i guess so like like jake's point jake's point is that he's saying i want spanking to be if i'm gonna spank i want it to be really effective at deterring future behavior right i want to spank less as time goes on and so i feel like so i i wanted to do a little bit of research for this episode and so i joined a uh do you guys have are you in in any problem there's no way you are uh so there's these (laughs) things (laughs) i just kind of discovered facebook groups right there's these groups on facebook and you probably know about them right but but i just discovered them and i I, it's made me kind of like facebook again 
because it's it's essentially smaller communities that join these groups and then engage in discussions with you know people on the internet about things that they care about and and they're moderated pretty the good ones and the popular ones are moderated heavily so bad posts political posts the troll posts advertising posts all that stuff like it it depending on the group that they, they get kind of filtered out so it's, mm-hmm. it's actually really good it's actually maybe like facebook and i there's probably some groups out there that you'd actually like to be a part of because it just kind of helps you understand more people. You can like read through the, the, all the posts of people and you kind of understand a whole different subculture that I didn't know anything about. So I kind of like it. I'm, I'm kind of kind of on a Facebook group kick. But I joined one that is, it's about non-spanking parenting. It's this group of 10,000 people that are all just kind of in the group because they want to be like supported and talk about spanking or sorry, uh, parenting your children with no spanking. And they have a bunch of other stuff that they don't do either. Like they, tr- I think they try not to yell. They advocate no yelling, no reward charts, no timeouts. Essentially, they have this big, big long laundry list of things where that they don't do to. <laughs> That's like to, everything except yelling is like we implement all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I yeah, I mean all the things that you would traditionally think. Mm-hmm. especially Christian parents would use to parent their children. They're yeah. like, we don't do any of that and we don't advocate it. And we want to be a group for people to kind of support them in your efforts to not, because as you might imagine, it, it comes with some significant challenges <laughs> to try to parent your kids like that. So anyways, but, but a big thing that I really liked from their group that I, that I read in kind of the description or the guidelines or whatever was they really want to foster that they're kind of anti spanking because I think they think it damages relationship between you and your kids, right? And they, they think also it is a it is a measure to try to control behavior and not sort of change the heart of the child, right? Change the, the desires that are in a, in a child's heart. I think they think spanking is not getting at the root of why a child is misbehaving. It's just dealing with like the sort of surface, right? Which, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying this is what they think, right? Uh, but one thing that they really advocate for a lot of is really, I think, trying to understand your children. Mm. So Eli makes a mistake or James makes a mistake. And their, their first goal, I think, would be to focus on connecting with your child. And if they do something and they know it's wrong, but they did it anyway, I think they would say the first goal then is to, for you as a, as a parent to try to understand why did you do that? You know it's wrong. So you know it's a bad choice. You know you shouldn't have done it. You know there's consequences. You might even know what the consequence is. But then if that's all the case and you're, like you said, <laughs> doing the math and you know this is wrong and you know there's a consequence and you know it hurts other people and it's bad and all that stuff, you know that God doesn't want you to do it, then why are you doing it? I need to understand that, you know? <laughs> and I thought that was a really, really cool emphasis that we we kind of implement, but but they were just really big about it. That that is like major, major, major for parents to do is to try, you have to understand your kids. That is crucial to connection and relationship, especially in a discipline, misbehaving type of situation. So yeah, I'm just curious, how much do you feel like in that situation, do you understand, or does Eli even understand why he's making the choice that he's making? (laughs) This isn't a heretic's haven. Uh, (laughs) This isn't quite that, (laughs) that extreme. But there's like a perfect window for spanking because mm-hmm. they're old enough to understand like they're old enough to understand that they that they get a consequence mm-hmm. and it hurts you know like yep. you're you're like moderate force hurts their hurts them when they're too young they don't have the understanding when they're too old 
you don't they don't understand enough what is going on and they you want them to have like yeah more mature dialogue of what's of what is happening but then there's like this sweet spot where i feel like uh they know what they did is wrong you help them vocalize as much as they can and then get an immediate consequence for it right that's in the the consequences like relevant to what they care about whereas like for a while we tried when they were younger we tried things without pain and they mm-hmm. didn't care like it, it changed yeah, their cool. attitude like zero amount you know and we tried mm-hmm. to be like very conversational and they just like could not they couldn't yeah yeah totally totally flick the links and so mm-hmm. now like <laughs> yesterday uh yes <laughs> yesterday I left to go to work and Anna was getting the kids ready to go to school. And she's like, Eli, did you, you know, can I, I'm going to have you go brush your teeth. And Eli was like, dad already, dad already told me to go brush my teeth and I brushed my teeth. And she's like, really? Mm -hmm. Your breath really stinks. He was like, yeah, 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 I've already brushed my teeth. Then a half hour later, Anna like caught, I don't know if she was sitting next to him or something. And Eli was sitting next to her and she he breathed into her general vicinity and he's like Eli did you really brush your teeth and he like look <laughs> I wish I wish I could replicate his face but it's like his eyebrows became rectangles and he like his face mm. just all of his senses like his mouth got really small <laughs> his eyes like nope I didn't do uh-huh. that and so <laughs> I came back from work later in the day Eli was back from school <laughs> and Anna told me about the whole situation. And so I said, Eli, did, uh, did you brush your teeth? Did you tell mom that I told you to brush your teeth this morning? And his, his response was, I brushed my teeth. I brushed my teeth this morning. And I was like, yeah, but did, did you tell mom that I told you to? And he, his expression just changed uh-huh. dramatically after that point. But you know, we sent him to his room and then we talked with him about it for like five to 10 minutes about like why lying is bad. And, you know, right. and we didn't give him any consequence because we were like, Hey, you know, like we're really thankful that you told the truth and that, you know, we hope that you don't do this again, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like it, I don't think it would be effective to do that for a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And we yep. tried, we tried to do it. You know, even with spanking, we like had some sort of like that dialogue going, but yep. from uh, from like our experience, it didn't it didn't work. And yeah, yeah. For Ella, spanking was a huge deterrent, and like for <laughs> for mm-hmm. Eli, we would I would spank him hard. And for Ella, it would just be like a little, you know, and she would her face would just melt like she mm-hmm. it was like the stamp of disapproval or you know, the consequence like broke her, you know, she hated it. So I I don't know, like, I think what they're trying to do or what we're, what everybody's trying to do with that sort of dialogue is to give that moment of recognition of like, oh, this consequence is something that's so bad that I don't want anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's really hard for like a three to four and a half year old or whatever 
to reach that on their own without external stimulus. Yep. My kids, Eli didn't care enough about anything. Like, he didn't <laughs> yeah. care about video games. Like, he didn't understand, like, your video games are taken away. He just didn't get it, I don't think, until, a year, like, six months, a year ago or whatever. And, like, now we th- we say, like, Eli, if you do that again, your video games are taken away. Or, Eli, if you, you know, if I see you not cleaning up your room, your video games are going to be taken away. It's, like, done in five minutes. Whereas before, I would tell him that with video games, he wouldn't care. But if I told him that with spanking, then it would change his behavior. Yep, totally. Mm-hmm. Right around when they turned five, maybe even before that, like, spanking be- has become a whole lot less effective. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. It, like morphed from spanking to spending time alone hated spending time alone in a corner uh to now we're like he's got things that he really likes like legos or his or video games those are kind of big Mm -hmm. consequences for him now yeah i don't actually know i couldn't tell you the last time i spanked him maybe Mm -hmm. three months ago or something like that but like he just i feel like to the frequency argument, I would say it worked as a deterrent, but like overall, as he's growing, you know, like we be, we like expect more out of him now than we did when he was a three year old, and so like consequences, right. the frequency has remained the same. I think for consequences, primarily yeah, sure, because sure. we expect more out of him now than we right. did when he was three, mm-hmm. even right, though right. the consequences changed. You know, from spanking to maybe like timeout to now something that he cares about being taken away or mm-hmm. him having to go do a chore or something like that. When kids reach the age where they can, or like you said, they can, I don't know, understand things or they, they care about more things, right? So that you don't have to use spanking as much. I, th- I think then obviously those, those alternatives become a lot more possible. I mean, so with the understanding thing, I I think the common thread when I have asked my, when I've really tried to understand my children's misbehavior, their sin or whatever, you know, like, why did you do that? Almost every time, I, probably every single time, essentially the, the problem boils down to they're not thinking about anyone else other than themselves, right? Like fundamentally, like, why'd you do that? And it's because they wanted to. And the reason that it's whatever they did was wrong is because it hurts somebody else or it's not good for somebody else in the family or it's not kind to someone or, you know, mom and dad told you to do this because we wanted you to do, uh, I'm going to think of a good example. Yeah. So our, so our kids, our kids always, um, they're really slow about tidying up before bedtime. Our house is a mess and they're just really slow about, you know, they have to clean up the living room and they have to clean up their own room before they go to bed. And yeah it's the worst there's nothing worse than that trying to do that and essentially we always are saying you know saying you you need to go tidy up your room and what they don't do is or what ends up happening obviously is there's toys on the floor and then even though they've been there for the past three hours and they haven't played with them for three hours as soon as they focus their attention on those toys that have been sitting there they're like oh these are toys they're fun let's start playing you know and so they start playing (laughs) and Obviously, that doesn't work because then they get distracted, they forget, and then we come in and they're both on the floor just building their Legos or playing their action figures or whatever. And so, you know, our question generally is like, why did you do that? Like, why didn't you listen to me? And the answer always is, we, we were just thinking about having fun. 
You know, that's all we were thinking about. Yeah. We just wanted to have fun. We just, we just wanted to play with the toys. You know, <laughs> we weren't thinking about you, our parents. We weren't thinking about like the rest of the family. And fundamentally, I think that's the problem. And that, that's the thing that, that we're trying, that I'm trying to work out of my kids is to understand that their actions have consequences for them, but also for the people around them. And almost all of sin is wrong because it hurts other people. Right. I mean, you could maybe even say all of sin, all of sin in the entire universe is wrong because it's bad for others in some way. And so to not sin, you have to understand and care about that, those consequences for other people. When you steal, when you lie, when you cheat, all that stuff, it hurts others. And that's why it's wrong. And so that's why I think the pursuing the understanding with my kids has been so important for them, because then you have sort of this common connection point to talk about their sin. When my kids don't listen to me, not only is it wrong, like just wrong that they didn't listen to me, but one thing we've been trying to do a lot more of is make it about, it's wrong for you to not listen to me because that hurts, that hurts our relationship. Like that hurts me and you. Like if you don't listen to me, then we have a problem. Like between dad and, and James or between mom and James, that creates a problem. Like if you lie to us about brushing your teeth, yeah, lying's wrong. But why is lying wrong? Lying's wrong because it creates a distance between two humans that is really important. Uh, you know, and that's what's, that's, what's so bad about it is that it hurts the parents, but it also hurts the kids. You know, it hurts everybody and that's why it's wrong. And you know, you're right as a three-year-old, they're not going to grasp that, but you know, Cameron's four in a few months and he's, you know, he's still not, not, he's starting to get there, but, but not fully. But I think that pretty much every time we've punished them in the last year or so, as we've kind of discovered, this as being a good idea or important. It always comes down to them understanding why what they did. First, me understanding why they did what they did. And it's always because they were just thinking about themselves. Because whatever whatever choice they made, it's because they thought that's good for me right now. Playing is good for me right now. Lying is good for me right now. It's just good, like immediately. Like Eli's like, I don't want to brush my teeth right now. So I'm just going to lie. Not considering the consequences for everybody else. For the people that have to sit next to him. <laughs> and for the, for the parents that he just lied to. I think as a parent, that, that's helped me approach the problem from like more of a, not just, I mean, consequences are important, but also from a solution standpoint, because if I can understand why they're doing it, then I can tailor a solution, I think, that gets at the root of it. And for my kids, it's always, the, the fundamental problem is they just think yeah. about themselves. <laughs> and so then I need to teach them to think about other people, which is a really hard thing to do with children. It's a really hard thing to do with adults, right? I mean, <laughs> every time I sin, it's because I'm thinking about myself <laughs> and not really thinking about how it hurts other people or mankind or my family or my friends or whatever. But that, yeah, I think that's, that's one thing that I, I've really been striving for. And it, it doesn't, it's not to the exclusion of spanking necessarily, but it's always like, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, with Adeline, especially in the future, if I'm going to spank her, it's always going to be post a conversation of, why did you do what you did? And this is why that's wrong. And so then there, here's this consequence, you know, and I'm sure you've had those conversations. Uh, but for me, like the key, the, like the key that's changed is really trying to not just telling them why it's wrong, but first me actually understanding why they made that choice because me understanding it has helped me kind of cater my, why is it wrong to them a little bit more in a way that's been helpful. So yeah, that's uh, that's something that's been, been pretty, pretty good for us lately. And it's really fun. <laughs> Eli, just because he's the kid who gets in trouble more more often, mm-hmm. I would ask him like, "Why are you in trouble?" And he has like his three canned responses. <laughs> <laughs> he like he will go down the line like every time. Uh-huh. But he'll 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 take his three guesses, and that's usually when we have to leave him in the room for a little bit to actually think about mm-hmm. <laughs> what he did. Yeah, uh, right, right. 
Yeah, yeah. It'll be like something completely only by himself. And I'll Eli, why why is that why is that wrong? Because uh, I because I hurt Ella. <laughs> Not you know, like yeah, yeah, right, right. not even involved involved at all. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing you could try. I don't know. I don't know if this would work, but one thing this works for James because he, he's you know our kids are about the same age. So he's he's at the age where he's tried lying a couple times. You know, he's kind yeah. of testing it out or whatever, seeing if it just realizing that he doesn't always have to speak the truth, <laughs> which is really interesting for them to. It's really interesting to watch that <laughs> that happen right in front of your eyes, where they're like. Oh, the words that come out can be whatever I want them to be, you know, and, and, and do, doing that. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny yeah, yeah. seeing them process that in real time. But <laughs> but the first, I can I can only think of two times James has lied, and he's probably lied. I mean, he might have lied more. But our response now, I don't think we've ever given him a, uh, maybe not, we probably have given him a consequence. But our response when he's lied has been way more, like we're kind of, sh- like we're pretty shocked when he does it. Yeah, 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 and like pretty hurt, like is is kind of how we how we respond usually. Yeah, like oh James, like what are you doing? Like how could how could you do that to us? Like that's really like that's really really bad. Like do you know how much that like hurts mom and dad? Like that is really bad. Like you you cannot lie to us. Like we will like we if you lie to us, we will not be like that hurts that hurts us. Like that hurts mom and dad. It's real, man. Like I, I really feel that way when I say it to him. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't, you know. I don't think he lies a ton. At five and a half, you pretty much know when they're lying all the time. <laughs> I think he kind of gets it. I don't know because it's not. We never. We the other disobedient stuff that he's done, we get mad about, you know. But the lying, for some reason, it just makes us really sad. Yeah. And really concerned and really kind of grieved, you know. I would say. And so we haven't had to do a lot of <laughs> consequences for that. And I'd like to try that more with, with him as as he gets older. J- just make it about. Just make it about my relationship with him and how his actions. We love each other. We care about our connection. And when you do that, that really creates a problem between me and you. We cannot be close if you do that. We cannot have fun together. Things will not be the same if you lie to us. And uh, I don't know. He gets it, I think. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it was tough. When Eli did it yesterday, it was tough to tell whether or not he understood what was going on. My my approach was like I think I think I like that approach more. My approach was I I'm not going to be able to trust you, and you're going to lose a lot of privileges. Mm, yeah, because like if I don't know whether or not you're telling a lie, then when you and Ella get in a fight, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. Or uh, I like tried giving examples of how it'd be bad for him, mm-hmm, yep. which is like one step removed from the actual. Yeah, I like that because it. Mm-hmm. It relates it to now rather than the future. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too how that could, it's sort of, it was like the first time where I felt like I communicated to him, you have real power in this relationship. Because mm-hmm. so much of kid parent dynamics is I have the power, I have the power, I have the power. You know, and even when that, that conversation you were having with him is like, these are all the things that I'm going to do to you or that will happen to you because I decided if yeah. you lie, this happens. And and that's that's obviously a very valid expression of parenting. <laughs> But but to kind of introduce that reality of James, you have you have power in this relationship, and if you mistreat me in this way, then that will have consequences for me and for our relationship. It was just a really interesting thing that I think he started to get, and you know, it made him take it a little bit more seriously. Uh, yeah. And I'm not trying to act like he's 16 and and you know is able to under whatever uh, super mature or whatever, but just that, that that idea of giving kids power in relationship and helping them understand 
their con their their actions. They reach out beyond, you know, because he could still, Eli could still end up making that, making that decision, <laughs> taking the risk, you know, like hopefully I can get away with it and get my thing. Even if I don't, the consequence is worth it. Yeah. But it's not about them, you know, that all those consequences still will come down to like, they just think about themselves. Is it worth it to me? Yeah. But when yeah. it's about other people, I just think it, it could create this really cool, powerful thing that they start to, it starts to develop the type of person you want them to be anyway in life. I'm always curious with lying. Uh, I feel from what I've heard and just, yeah, talking to people and even with my own parents, like lying was always the ultimate crime for, mm -hmm. for like a, a child to a parent. Yeah, yeah. Lie. Do not lie. You know, you can do whatever you want, but don't lie to me. <laughs> so uh, basically, right, yeah. so the impact of that though, uh, especially when I got older, is that I feel I feel like there was there was a, a window probably like elementary school age where that actually worked, and I was mm, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't lie, I can't lie, lying is horrible. Mm. But then <laughs> something like something switched where then I realized I just need to get better at lying, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so it made me it actually. Yeah. Because I knew the the consequence was so severe, and, and and even if it did hurt them, like not even my own punishment, but just man, I don't want to disappoint my parents. It just made me more. Uh, it made me better at lying. Once I got old enough to actually yeah. <laughs> recognize that, so I don't know. Well, that that could be a topic for another day, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd be intrigued to see how do I uh, emphasize the the punishment or not the punishment, but just the importance and the impact of doing something wrong, without sort of driving them into uh, hiding it more. <laughs> yeah, just help yeah, them watch right. a bunch of chick flicks. That's my that's my solution. Mm -hmm. One chick flick a week, or the significant other lies to the yeah. other. Oh, sure. They break there. That's always the, the, the <laughs> twist. But then there's yeah. always grace in the end, and they always get back mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. So what, uh, what thoughts do you guys have then about the – it's called God is a Dad podcast. We're trying to parent like God parents us. So I'm assuming if you spank or you think you, you're open to the idea of spanking, you think that God has demonstrated some kind of spanking or whatever. Like what, what would you say if you were trying to – so essentially what I did in this, in this, uh, this group, this non-spanking group, is I really wanted to know – what they thought, like I asked that question to them. I asked them the question, what do you think, based on what you know about God as a parent, why has that, him as a parent, how has that informed you to make the decision to not spank your children? Can you like explain that to me? And a lot of the responses were just this idea of God is forgiving, God is gracious, God is merciful, and I know all those things are true about him. Some of them even cited some specific examples where they committed, they did something really bad and they based on how they were parented, they kind of expected God's wrath to fall upon them, you know? But they, but what they actually experienced was grace and blessing and really, like, good things, and they didn't feel any kind of, any wrath from God for their sin, if that makes sense. And then they also talked about, you know, just a lot of the negative consequences that they see in their life and in kids or whatever from that type of pun that punishment, and they're like, I don't think that God, if those cause negative consequences, I don't think I would do them because God causes negative consequences and stuff. That was kind of their two cents on on why not not spanking yeah so what's your answer to that question does god spank his kids 
My, my most immediate answer is that if he did spank, what that spanking would look like would be uh, Holy Spirit conviction. Uh, I, I would say if I do something wrong, then uh, pretty much immediately I'll, I'll be convicted. And uh, so, something will rise up within me. And uh, it'll seize my heart or, or seize my mind. And I will realize, oh, man, that was not good. And just that feeling, you know, I I I feel like the, that feeling alone is pretty equal to a physical spanking, because <laughs> you just don't feel good. It, it it feels, you know, you you feel sort of sick, and I don't mm-hmm. know, sort of that like gut punch <laughs> to the stomach. <laughs> I I don't, yeah, where where yeah, you do something wrong, and the Holy Spirit immediately is like, hey. That should not have happened, or what? Why? Uh, essentially, they ask that question that that you were asking, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. The the why? <laughs> why did you just do that? And so that that would be my response. Of if God does spank, I feel like for me, that yeah. is what what that would look like. Because yeah, I feel, I feel like at least my philosophy on spanking, or what I hope to get at it at it is that to generate some type of cause and effect <laughs> to, to help mm, with yeah. some cause and effect correlation uh, because mm-hmm. you did this action then this has to occur and so essentially I, th- I think that's what Holy Spirit conviction essentially does is mm-hmm. hey you did something bad this is the effect of it but I'm going to bring, bring that to your attention right now that what you did is actually wrong and hurtful Totally. Yep. But you, I mean, you could also look at that and consider that like having a serious conversation with your parents, sure. right? Right. Uh, I, yes. I guess, in, I, I guess I would, the only difference is just the way that it would make me feel. I feel like the immediate conviction is if I could, I would correlate that feeling uh, to the feeling that I had when I got spanked by my, by, by my dad. Right. right sure. If I could somehow equate those two feelings that would be the closest I, I can right. compare. It with. I see what you mean. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, okay. Yep. Whereas like if I'm just praying, you know, having quiet time and, and I'm just, you know, pouring my heart out to God and he's responding to me and we're having that type of dialogue, you know, right. and, yeah, yeah. and that, that's, that feels more conversational. Mm. You know, he's explaining things to me and sort of yeah. elaborating more. Well, Holy Spirit conviction is sort of more of a like grab, mm, grab sort of shake me to a realization. Yeah. That I did wrong. But, well, my question for that would be like, I don't think anybody, uh, my understanding of like non spankers is that the feeling isn't the problem, it's the actual act of like physical pain. Is that is that right, Justin? Or from what you've understood? Yeah, I, I think from what 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 they, their belief fundamentally is, and I would actually really like to have someone from this group come on and kind of kind of advocate or explain it. You know, kind of we could ask them a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. I think their fundamental belief is that physical punishment is always always separates or breaks connection. It is always an act of disconnect. Which I think there's lots of parents that spank that don't feel that way. That feel like I'm spanking with the intent to actually bring us closer eventually, you know, because it's the best thing for my kid. It will eventually bring us closer. So I think that, yeah, that assertion, I would like to talk to somebody a little bit more to try to understand that and try to get their 
their real view on it, on why they think that's the case, why they think it's not possible that spanking could foster connection. But they would say, yeah, the physical act, those those types Mm. of punishment, those punitive types of punishment, break connection. Sure. Because because obviously they can, right? Obviously, a lot of the people that do that probably have experienced that from 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 their parents or from other stuff. You know, that lots of people have. It has physical abuse is a huge disconnector, right? I mean, so there's some validity to that. But I think, yeah, I would like to have them explain why they think it always does. Yeah. So, so if we're talking about more uh, a more direct correlation uh, with God <laughs> than with us, like, do I believe God physically punishes me? Then, uh, no, I would I would not agree with that statement. In terms of uh, actual, like, the emotional feeling of it, yeah, that, uh-huh. that's how that's how I would explain it. But I don't believe, like, oh man, my shoulder hurts today. Oh man, God must be uh, punishing me. Yeah. Uh, yeah sure yeah. i get that yeah so my answer is like there are a lot of physical consequences for stuff uh in the bible and god implements it frequently uh more in the old testament than in the new i guess you could ask the question whether or not it's relevant today my thought is that it it has to do with the maturity of his people and so like when you don't have yeah, like the Holy Spirit to convict you, or when you don't have the understanding as a child of the full range of the consequences of your action, then it's like an assist for for getting somebody there. So yeah, I would just use like essentially just the Old Testament as an analogy for spanking. They don't have Holy Spirit. They have God interacting with his people or his children on a through prophets kings through a much more direct manner in terms of like maybe like a provider relationship where god's providing direction and food or whatever for for his people and consequences as well i mean i think that's the question you have to answer right if you're talking about it because there's there's tons of examples in the old testament where you know god sends plagues and not just i mean everybody knows about the the Egypt, the Egypt plagues, but those are plagues against Pharaoh, you know, Egyptians yeah. against Pharaoh's people, right? Not really his own people, but but even at, just after that, you know, the, <laughs> Moses goes up for the Ten Commandments. He get, he gets the tablets. He comes down, and they're already worshiping a new idol. <laughs> yeah, God God gets pretty gets pretty you know rightfully upset about that, and then it, you know he, he inflicts them with the plague like right then and there, you know, <laughs> and uh, so he you know he does that lots of times with not just non-Israelites or whatever, not his people, but definitely his people. But there, there certainly isn't a whole lot of examples of that type of thing going on in the New Testament either. Right. And the whole the whole vibe of Jesus is obviously very different, right? And so I think the you know the gentle parents or whatever would just look to the New Testament for all of their God's a dad information and say that's not who he seems to be. Yeah. You know, in the most recent you know the most recent text we have about him, and I think all the the spanking parents would look to the Old Testament and say, hey, there's some pretty harsh punishments. Because God's really serious about obedience, and He set an example. Yeah. So I, I I really like your explanation. I think I totally think that. Um, I think that's a fairly reasonable way to explain it. I also think, though, like for me, I think the reason we don't spank very much is because we feel like when you're reading the Bible, it can seem like yeah. there's God spanking all the time because you're reading these texts that span thousands of years. <laughs> But the frequency was with which he's dropping plagues on his people in the totality of 
the Israelite history or whatever is mm-hmm. is fairly infrequent, <laughs> right? It is it is a very much in our opinion, you know, the, the way Nicole and I look at it, it's a very much like last resort kind of. I can see that you are marching directly away from me. I have reached out to you in a number of different ways, mm-hmm. and you are still marching away from me. And the only way that I can get you to pay attention is to physically affect you because you know what you can't get away from ever is phys- is something physical. <laughs> uh, you can run away from all the relationships in the world, but when you get swallowed up from a, by a whale and get stuck in a belly or whatever, and that's all this around you, you know, and you're physically affected by like boils on your body or whatever plagues he sent them, you know, there's no avoiding that. And so I think your points about, you know, kids being like two or three or whatever and saying nothing else worked. I, I really want to have one of these gentle Christian parents on and say, what the heck do you do when your kid's two and a half and can barely talk? How, like how? Because that, that, that immediate physical feedback of this was bad. And I can't right. really explain it to you. And I can't, you can't even articulate why you're doing what you're doing really. And you can't understand the reasons why I don't want you to. I would really love to talk to somebody and say, how the heck does that work? Because I have no idea. I think that's essentially, you know, the situation that God's in where he's looking at it and he's saying, I don't know what else to do. There's nothing else I can do because you are headed in the exact opposite direction with no desire to listen to me and no desire to dialogue and therefore plague. Because I care about our relationship, and I, I think he, what he's saying is I can see the only way to bring, me, or bring you closer back to me is by doing this you know, physical type of thing that gets your attention. Th- that's kind of how we look at the scriptures. And then, like you said, we're a little more, I think people are a little bit more mature now, and especially with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a lot more direct way to get our attention other than physical pain, like Jake said. I, I would describe, when I, feel the, when I feel the Holy Spirit's conviction, I would liken that to when my kids do something and I get really serious real fast. You know, mm-hmm. my mood changes immediately and their eyes get big and they think, oh, wow, that was, this is not <laughs> like, it's not like the other things we've done, you know? <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Israel, he didn't have that yet. And, you know, for whatever reason, it wasn't the time to, to have God in them. So he was with, you know, out, outside of them and more upon them. And so that was kind of his, his Beth method. So yeah, that, that's all I have. Any parting thoughts or anything you think we missed? Uh, I do have a, I do have an update. Update what? is I've stopped requiring my kids to eat spicy food and giving them consequences <laughs> for it. <laughs> really? What? Why is that? What, what prompted that? Uh, after our last conversation, when you said you distinguish between having it be more about uh, the holidays be more about you, you versus having the holidays be more about them and choosing traditions, mm. I was like. Uh, the, this is about me at this point. <laughs> I just want my kids to eat spicy mm. food. Like, it's not. It's not for their benefit, really. <laughs> it definitely. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It definitely initially was because, like, I want my kids to be able to eat hot things, right. and I want yeah. I want them to not just have like the tater tot hot dish palate. Um, and so <laughs> we still require them to take like a couple bites of whatever their food is now. But before, like, if it was we make curry a lot. So if it was like green curry, we put it at their plate. If they wouldn't eat it, we would not let them eat anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finish that bowl of curry. And that would go like, I think Ella went maybe a day or a day and a half, close to two days before she would go ahead and eat the curry. And now the consequence is like, okay, that's dinner then, you know, like you, Mm. you just don't get to eat anything after this. So, like, we still just expect them to take a couple bites and try it out. But now, yep. now I was like, oh, that's that's something that, that has become more about me at this point. 
torture. That makes me feel better because I can't get my kids to. They like won't even always eat pizza because they won't like certain pizza sauces. You know, they're they're that they're that they're that point where <laughs> wow. they like it's like just a new taste and they and we try, man. But yeah, we'll probably have to do an episode on getting kids to like food. But I can't. <laughs> I'm sure your kids are less picky than mine, which is at least something that's good. My update is I uh, we talked to Drew, Jake's yeah. pastor. So his his he said his kids were really good at speaking positive things to each other. And so I was asking him how he did that and he said that i think i think kind of a, it's something that they just practice as a family like they just say like we're gonna speak blessing or speak good things over bryce today or whatever so let everybody do that say something nice about bryce so mm-hmm. we started doing that at dinner uh as like our dinner we do highs and lows but then sometimes our kids don't really engage with that very long and so then we just for dinner every every day this week we pick the new person to say to go around and say something you like about them or say something nice about them or Mm. say something you've had fun doing with them and just to kind of build in because he was saying he just like they want it to be normal in their family to say nice things to just be complimentary to be just be positive towards other people and so they kind of that that was an intentional way that they were fostering that more i really liked it it's easy i mean you need something to do at dinner right and yeah if you're gonna talk with your kids so it's like a it's a pretty constructive one that is really easy to fit in our lives so and it's also fun for people to hear nice things about themselves too you know (laughs) It's like once a week as a parent, you just get to hear, you know, your, your kids and your wife say something nice about you. That's, that's a win. So (laughs) cool. Yeah. I definitely feel like this is making me a better parent. So I'm, uh, I'm happy about it. I agree. It challenges my, my practices for sure. (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. Thanks much. Yeah. See ya. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, if you are married and if your husband or wife is not listening to this show, we would like for you to recommend it to them and see if they enjoy it. A big reason for that is because we really feel like there's only so much good that can come out of you listening to us talk about parenting. We really think the major biggest impact that this show could really possibly have on families is if it gets moms and dads talking with each other intentionally about how to parent better and how to parent more like God. And that's just a lot easier if you're both listening to the show. I know my wife is always talking to me about podcasts that she likes, podcasts that she's listening to, things she's learning, and it's just not as interesting if I haven't listened to the podcast. But if we both listen to the same one, it's really, really fun for us to talk about it after we've listened to it. So that's kind of the idea here. Either you disagree with us a ton or you agree with us a ton. It doesn't really matter. Uh, We just think there could be a lot of good that happens in your family and has already happened in our families because we talk about these conversations. That's what we'd ask you to do this week. And uh, hopefully you can get something good out of it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, enjoy your week. I just need to get better at life. I didn't want to have my pants pulled down in front of people.